Always beating and doozing, never cheating or choosing. 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 I'm stuck. Beating and doozing, never cheating or choosing. Always beating and doozing, never cheating or choosing. Always beating and doozing, never cheating or choosing. Always beating and doozing, never cheating. Alright everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Stick, the internet's number one and first Homestar Runner podcast. Uh, we are here uh, and uh, guestless today to talk about the uh, one of the more interesting parts of Homestar Runner, in my opinion, and that's the constant... Uh, the constant sort of variations on characters, the different worlds that they'll occupy. That is sort of a bit that they continue to do uh, throughout the series. But before we start with that, I'm just going to uh, do a quick introduction uh, here. And I am uh, Eden, a.k.a. Uh, Edemisium. Uh, and I'm David, a.k.a. Can I have some parsnips for parsnip soup? Yes, parsnip soup actually makes parsnip pie like a boss. Parsnip pie time. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's a ton of these uh, alternate universes and character variations. Um, there's a couple of universes that I think are the most represented, maybe the most fleshed out, have the most uh, actual uh, characters in the original cast that are part of them. Um, those two are probably 20XD6, which is the anime uh, universe. Um, and the old-timey universe, uh, which is the uh, originally silent cartoons, but then moved into talkies uh, like uh, like cartoons did back in the early 20th century, where all the characters are styled after the kind of noodle-armed uh, characters that they had in those cartoons. Kind of like, uh, as best I can tell, a sort of Popeye the Sailor Man homage from the way that they're drawn up. Yeah, or like uh, Steamboat Willie. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the early like uh, the early the early uh, Disney stuff or any yeah, yeah basically like you said yeah any of the early sort of twentieth uh, century ca- cartoons that they had back then. Uh, you uh, you uh, was you were the one who sort of have the uh, expertise for this episode on the uh, old timey tunes. Is there any sort of like uh, particular patterns or things like that, like recurring like jokes or bits that they have, or are they all sort of relatively independent of each other beyond the theme? Um, so there's a couple of themes that kind of carry through all of the different old timey cartoons. Um, first of all, the old timey cartoons, uh, in the, uh, in the G4 pulse interview from the early two thousands, uh, where G4 went to go interview the brothers chaps, uh, Mike Chapman said old timey Homestar is his favorite character on the whole website. Um, so clearly uh, clearly, he he put some love into uh, into Homestar here for this variation, um, but like these cartoons are really centered around like depression era scarceness. It seems like um, <laughs> everyone seems kind of a little bit hungry and sad. Um, like Homestar makes references to kicking around an old can of water soup. Um, and the, the strong, sad variation is a character named sickly Sam, who is effectively a skeleton wearing a burlap sack. Yeah. Sickly Sam is just sort of a deceased man in the, uh, yeah. Can you spare any mush for me? They call, they call sickly Sam their worst friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, but actually, these uh, the old timey tunes have one of my favorite like uh, home star lines, which is where he refers to Sickly Sam as an affront to God and man. <laughs> Homestar is actually somewhat well spoken in in the old timey cartoons. Like he doesn't have his uh, his speech impediments. He kind of just sounds like I'm the Homestar Runner, um, and but he does say what a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like we'll have a duel. What? Take ten paces, turn and fire. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking over the, uh, I'm looking through the character, uh, the characters right now, and I find that most of uh, the one thing that I do notice is most of them are surprisingly, unlike the the twenty XD six versions, which we'll talk about later, pretty coherently linked to their original designs. Like, yeah, Homestar still looks essentially like Homestar, and so do Marzipan and uh, Pom Pom from the picture they have here. 
And yeah, uh, Pom Pom is Fat Dudley, who is uh, <laughs> like a guy wearing, I think, a bowler hat and a suit. And he likes he likes eating, uh, which ends up because they're in the sad depression era with him, like eating a shoe at one point and uh, being referred to by Homestar as living the high life. <laughs> I think Definitely. that's uh, I think that's at the end of uh, of Parsnips Aplenty, if I'm remembering right. Yeah, yeah Parsnips Aplenty is just isn't it just like the reddest radish, but like redone in the old timey style. Yeah, so this was actually uh, to give an idea of, and I think I might have said this on a previous episode, but to give an idea of when I started watching uh, Homestar Runner, this was the newest uh, big tune on the site. Um, and I think it was for like maybe a year and a half, still the newest one. Um, so at that point, I thought maybe they were just done <laughs> making the big, the big tunes and that they were just making strong, bad emails. Um, which I think was the case for a bit. Um, but yeah, that came out October of 2002, and I started watching about a year after that. Um, and Parsnips Plenty, yeah, it's it's loosely related to the Reddish Radish in that uh, the plot is basically that Strong Bad steals uh, vegetables from Marzipan and Homestar. Uh, they they decide they want to make parsnip soup, so they go off to the parsnip depot, which is run by old timey Bubs, who is a blind man with a cup full of pencils that he shakes as if it were like a cup to put change in, and uh, and yeah, that he's just completely out of parsnips. He says we're all out, and then the next thing you see is uh, old timey Strong Bad, who I think is also called Sir Strong Bad. Uh, walking uh, walking away with the sneak and strong man with a wheelbarrow full of parsnips off to make their parsnip pie so that the Homestar Runner will go hungry. <laughs> One of the things that I've uh, that I noticed though is also that uh, like the sneak, if I'm not mistaken, is what they were originally going to call the cheat according to the uh, when they found... I'm not sure if that was supposed to be actually a real thing that happened or just a joke in the, in the episode. But when they found that old sequel book that the brothers chaps were going to write to the Homestar runner and the strongest man in the world contest, they refer to uh, the, his sidekick as the sneak. And I, I, I was just <laughs> kind cool. of wondering, wonder yeah. if that was supposed to be like, or if at least the change from the cheat to the sneak was what inspired them to create the uh, old timey tunes. Maybe. Yeah. I'm sure they also, you know, grew up uh, seeing reruns of these old cartoons on Saturday mornings. Like Cartoon Network used to show uh, like blocks of Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies all the time when I was younger, before they got more of their original shows. Um, The Sneak actually got uh, a full song written for him um, by the acapella group Da Vinci's Notebook. Uh, who uh, later uh, reforms with slightly fewer members as Paul and Storm. Um, and it's just kind of a jaunty little banjo tune sung by a barbershop quartet uh, about uh, the sneak who is, a, who is a dapper swindler out of Tammany Hall. <laughs> is that the, uh, is it called the Ballad of the Sneak out of curiosity? Like, I'm not sure, if, I've not heard of this song, but I know that's one of the tunes that... Yeah, it's it's the Ballad of the Sneak. Oh, I actually have to go and listen to that. I haven't heard that, uh, I haven't heard that song before. Of um, course, uh, it's in, you know, super crappy quality for, for, uh, <laughs> for actually being able to hear, um, that it is Paul and Storm singing the words, because first of all, it was an old flash file, and secondly, they, uh, applied you know, the old timey filter to the uh to the sound <laughs> but yeah it's it's a pretty it's a pretty fun song um and the what i said about the old timey filter just now reminded me that in uh what was originally a, a dvd special uh called sample of style where they uh where they show you um how they do all the voices except it's just them talking through cardboard tubes and the voice comes out the other end uh, they apply an old timey filter onto the end of the cardboard tube, which is a styrofoam cup that's, <laughs> that has old timey filter written on it in Sharpie. Oh yeah, I've seen sa- I've seen sample of style. I love the uh, the bit where they're mocapping strong bad for an episode. Yeah, 
I'm also looking here, and I I didn't realize this, but uh, Coach Z's character name in the old time universe is Fort Wayne Locomotive. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure they ever actually refer to him as as any name in at least in the one that I saw with old timey Coach Z, uh, which was uh, Sickly Sam's big outing where he's learning uh, effectively how to talk to women. And of course they have to talk to coach Z because the old, uh, I think the old yellow Dello cartoon had Homestar runner talking to coach Z about how he just doesn't understand the ladies. And <laughs> then he gets that, that speech about how girls are like a great sports play. <laughs> oh man. I, uh, apparently, yeah, they said he never, uh, Fort Lane, Fort Wayne locomotive never uh, was never actually named in the tune. He was named in the DVD commentary for Ballad of the Sneak. <laughs> I'm glad that HR Wiki tells us these things because I would never know otherwise. He's he's just effectively a football man who kind of looks like Coach Z. Wait, does he... He's got the old style like leather helmet on and everything. All right, he's uh yeah. His first speaking role later took place in Sickly Sam's big outing, giving advice to Sickly Sam. They give a, a lot of like he, this is another case where a character page on Homestar Wiki that really only needs to be like two or three bullet points in a chart becomes <laughs> uh five yeah. paragraphs on its own individual page here. God. They have yeah. a thing here where they say the fact that he plays for a team in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and has played against the team in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, refers to the early years of the National Football League. Most teams in the NFL were situated in the Midwestern United States, mostly in states such as Wisconsin and Ohio. I mean, <laughs> that really contributes to me at, to to being entertained by the character because I don't think I would have found him funny otherwise. Yeah. Now, for when I do my <laughs> stage adaptation of Sickly Sam's Big Outing, I really need to get into my character by knowing that he plays in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I think that actually is a good point that I accidentally brought up there, which is that the old timey cartoons are funny to me because of how not funny they are. Oh yeah. There's almost zero jokes like that are actually there. It's just <laughs> Homestar weirdly saying things deadpan. Yeah. Like, especially, um, especially in sickly Sam's big outing, there's a lot of that in there. I'm trying to think of an example. Let me open the, the tab for that real quick. I mean, it opens up with the line, listen up short children, <laughs> which is pretty funny on its own. Uh, now let's get you dressed to the five and three quarters is instead of dressed to the nines. All right. So we have uh, featuring the Homestar Runner, Diseased Orphan, Sickly Sam. <laughs> Diseased Orphan. <laughs> and oh, God, oh, that's such a good character name. And Dapper Thousand Dare, Strong Bad. Were the Diseased Orphans the ones uh, who were like the kids in the the fluffy puff commercials. Oh, the ones who just ever say like, what? And weird. Oh yeah. Those two, the two kids who like occasionally get harassed by Marshy. Yeah. That's right. Kids. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I, I honestly, they might be like, they're referring to sickly Sam here, but, uh, given the fact that this show is sponsored by, uh, fluffy puff, air puffed sugar delights presents the Homestar runner program. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's sort of a carryover from that era of the of their branding. They never let go of the sickly orphans at the uh, Fluffy Puff Air no. Puff Sugar Delights <laughs> company. Yeah, the the Mr. Schmallow commercial for that is is also uh, one of my favorites from this from this uh, alternate universe. Um, and I think it actually kind of gives me more of a 50s vibe because it's got like that retro futuristic thing about like today's go get them lifestyle. And it shows like the husband and wife wearing jet packs. Is that the one Wait, wait, uh, I don't think it is, but it, uh, there's a couple that seem like, cause the, obviously all the old, old timey tunes kind of, I think float a little bit in how old they actually are. Yeah. Because like, I know there's, there's the series of jokes that are definitely more fifties based with uh, rumble red, the communist alien. They have, <laughs> and yeah. where, he, uh, where he's like, "Well, we don't have uh, Christmas time on a my planet. That's because mm -hmm. you're a communist fool, Rumble Red." <laughs> <laughs> wasn't the uh, wasn't the the king of town? Um, yeah, he was. Uh, he's called the Kaiser. Um, <laughs> he, he he's modeled after like a stereotypical World War One German. 
which there's always there's always stuff about uh, how much the Nazis suck in old cartoons. Like that's just a thing that happens like all the way through. I want to say like the seventies. We're still doing like dunking on the Nazis all the time. Oh yeah, I mean they were still airing like Der Führer's face even like in the early like in the early seventies on most of those like cartoon programs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the the Kaiser is the king again. The Kaiser has his own page on HR Wiki, which I feel is again entirely unnecessary. Yeah, because it's just like a paragraph. Yeah, the Kaiser is the King of Town's old timey counterpart. And then just some stuff about uh, honestly taking way too long to describe the fact that he looks like Wilhelm II. <laughs> he proceeds to be the ruler of hell, presiding over the demon. Um, the one other uh, thing that I wanted to touch on before we moved on from the old timey universe uh, was I think the first old timey uh, cartoon. Um, which came out in 2000. So they, they came up with this like right away on, on this website, like even before they came up with the final design for, for Homestar um, himself, they came up with the old time version. Uh, but yeah, kick the can is a series of uh, like 20 second each uh, film reels that uh, are all stacked up next to a projector screen. Uh, and you click on each of them, and it shows basically a variation of the same little silent cartoon of Homestar just walking along, kicking his can of water soup, and then some ridiculous non sequitur happens that ends the cartoon, um, and it's set to uh, the song The Entertainer by Scott Joplin. <laughs> yeah, there are each of the 15 different versions of this cartoon has a different ending. Yeah. My, my favorite one, I think, is... Uh, Tall stack back right number two. He kicks the can and it bounces all around the screen, landing in his mouth. The star on his shirt burns away and is replaced with Herbert Hoover. <laughs> yeah, so that just goes to show you that you don't need dialogue to be funny, or or just not funny enough to be funny. There's uh he kick he gets hit in the back of the head with a huge cinder block falling down on his head, propped up on the can. He catches the block on his foot and then falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> a, yeah. a huge can comes up from behind and kicks the Homestar Runner. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the I like. Uh, I, I haven't really, I haven't really watched a lot of the old timey cartoons in a while. But uh, also, the I realized the one I was thinking that had the joke from the fifties wasn't uh, well, the Christmas tune. It was the uh, it was the the, the Polly mascot Fromalade episode where oh yeah Homestar accidentally. Uh, Accidentally uh, set himself. Accidentally sets himself on fire at one point because of its uh, his <laughs> his his at least. I think like it's definitely implying that 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 Jim mascot costume has been around forever because he sets himself on fire because of uh, flame pro tardant poly mascot <laughs> which is uh, of course uh, still America's number one topping on soured cream. Yeah, was that also the was that also the tune that referenced baking to soda? I I think so. I'd have to look it up again now. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it for the old timey universe. Just uh I think really the the first Homestar AU and just kind of where they jumped off of as far as just kind of going crazy making all of the different variations that were unnecessary but very appreciated. Absolutely. Uh I, I think like the good place to sort of cross over here is not necessarily at the beginning of 20XD6, but with the point at which there is a crossover between the old universe and 20XD6, which is the uh, tune yeah. 20XD6 uh, versus 1936, where the old... Yeah, this was one of my favorite ones back in the day. Where, yeah, where the old-timey characters appear, and in the uh, anime universe of the uh, of 20XD6, which is essentially like, it's probably mostly a Dragon Ball-like homage i would imagine like i haven't yeah i i think so because at this point in time that was like one of the big uh anime shows that actually made it to the u.s like there was that and there was sailor moon and i think there was a couple of other shows like this this might have even been before toonami started on cartoon network so there was just a couple yeah with the sound of uh uh what do you call of uh Sound of Stinko Man, who is the strong bad analog in this one, the sound of his voice 
seems to be very reminiscent of that very early 90s uh, dub sound where the characters uh, were all of the sort of male characters all had the same general voice sound, which is the uh, Windows. Uh, that that name is dumb. It sounds so dumb, like in that very. <laughs> yeah, they all they all sound like uh, like they just turned like 19 um except they're being voiced by somebody who's in their mid 30s <laughs> that's a pretty good description <laughs> honestly of how like all of these characters sounded back then like i find that like i was going back and listening to a lot of like the old Yu-Gi-Oh episodes uh recently because i really used to enjoy watching like the very early ones and it can be sometimes if you close your eyes with the exception of Jaden, because he has a very distinctive voice you really can't tell who's who's who just based on their voices alone because like they had like six voice actors maybe at best working for four kids and so half of yeah. the people are played by the same person mm-hmm. yeah i think uh I, I don't remember all their names but i know that uh that chris sabbat was one of the big ones he did the voice of uh vegeta in the dragon ball z dub okay uh i'm just thinking like uh i'm not sure if that's uh honestly like all of that stuff i think that might now that i'm thinking about it that's all still after uh what do you call i think that's all still after this because like except yeah maybe not the when was the do you know when the dragon ball z dub came out because i know the there was like subs as early as the late 90s but this tune didn't come out yeah um i feel like uh I, i feel like people i knew started getting into dragon ball z around the time that i was in maybe fifth grade which would have been uh which would have been 1999 um so probably around then okay then this yeah then this is almost definitely a basically exclusively dragon ball z sort of clone because this came out in the the base i think new year's day i have to double check uh no it's uh, january 6th 2003 so that that would have been like the only real like successful west like westernly successful anyway anime at that point which uh Mm -hmm. i'm looking at japanese cartoon here now but yeah the the 20xd6 series is is interesting to me, and uh, you mentioned this offhandedly before the the show, and I wanted to not like dwell too long on it here. But while it gets honestly a lot of the sort of tropes and stuff right, it also leans pretty hard on the you know, wow, isn't Japan weird sort of style of making jokes about anime, which is yeah, like I, I referred to it as uh, playful racism. <laughs> yeah, it's which kind of applies to a, a number of other things on the website as well. Um, you know, like we mentioned before, like PCP and uh, the, I guess the voice of Bubs kind of leans a little bit towards that uh, type of humor. Yeah, it's it's the kind of thing that, like you say, like I think playful racism is a good name for it because they're they're definitely not even thinking that the joke that they're doing, like it's not like the sort of like jokes where it's like, oh, look at what we're getting away with saying. It's two guys who right. just have no idea about the context of what they're doing, just like having fun. It's still bad, but they have no idea that that's the case. Yeah, like at this point, like a- anime was such a new thing uh, to a lot of people in the U.S., um, uh, except for like super hardcore fans. And even even they called it Japanimation at the time for the most part. Um, like I don't think the word anime I really started hearing used until... Uh, shortly after this cartoon came out, um, and we're, we're we're still talking about the crossover one, the versus nineteen thirty six one, right? Yeah, I, I did go back briefly to Japanese cartoon just to see when they first started doing like the anime jokes, but yeah, yeah. like this. Uh, but even by this point, this was only made a few weeks, a uh, few months rather after uh, the twenty XD six universe was created. And uh, essentially, because the other reason I think it works is because it not just because it transitions nicely from the old timey ones, but also because it really sort of explores the one and only uh, character trait that Stinko Man actually has, which is that he he is <laughs> always looking for a challenge. And because yeah. uh, are you asking for a challenge? Because <laughs> like I, I think I don't know if there's a single one of the at least I don't remember from the rewatch if there's a single twenty XT six cartoon wherein he does not at least once scream are you looking for a challenge and then the screen does the like movement lines anime background and he at least attempts to fight who's ever there with him yeah um yeah and uh old timey homestar shows up and uh he he's got like his his can that he's kicking around 
Uh, he he gets out a, a washboard at one point, uh, to which Stinko Man goes, "What is that? Some kind of a robot?" <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, then uh, you don't know what a robot is. <laughs> you are so dumb. <laughs> dumb. <laughs> yeah, and he's got the little uh, like mushroom clouds over his head while he's laughing. Yeah, that's that. That's the one thing I do appreciate is they do get the. I find whenever they do one of these, like, like a specifically like a genre world, they put a lot of effort into getting like even some sort of like the the minutia right, like even the way he stands and like the the little like uh, sweat beads and ang- mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called, but you know the sort of like four like four almost chevrons that like appear on like a lot of anime characters faces when they're angry or stressed. Oh yeah. Like the little like clench mark. Yeah. Like that sort of thing. I, I, I'm pretty sure they even have the clench mark in some of the later 20 XD six sketches. Like I like the, the amount of effort they put, they put into that sort of stuff. Also, uh, I also enjoy yeah. that they have the, uh, they make sure to include uh, in the remarks section of this uh, episode's wiki page that the term robot was coined in 1920, well before 1936. So Homestar should know what a robot is, which <laughs> <laughs> he should, but it's it's Homestar Runner. So th- there's probably a lot of things that he's not too uh, up to date on. Yeah, they have a whole lot of... Uh, I've always, I don't know. I know I, I, I sort of like focus on this a lot, but I, I genuinely love the uh, fun facts, broad sections at the end of every uh, HR wiki about like episodes, because yeah. like half of the time they like, like they're either explaining something that does not need an explanation or pr- telling you the number of that. This is one of the 36 episodes where the word fart appears in the Homestar Runner universe <laughs> or something like that. Like the here, uh, the the one explanation here on this page is uh, it tells you what a washboard is. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> In case the name didn't give it away, it tells you what a washboard is. And do you think there's people now like who don't actually know what a washboard is other than a musical instrument? That's honestly a good question. <clears throat> like you'd think that the name would give away, regardless <laughs> what it's you know originally supposed to be used for, but. I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll, after this it's episode. also like a term that people use to uh, discuss abs. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, honestly, I think that washboard abs might be the kind of saying where now people would associate it with the term washboard with abs before the actual like item of a washboard. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, the characters in the 20 XD six universe. Uh, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a version of all the characters in this universe it's not quite as fleshed out as the old timey universe um but there is a 20xd6 home star whose name is uh whose name is one up <laughs> um <laughs> the first time you see him is in the japanese cartoon email um and he tells uh stinko man that uh everyone says you're the guy but i want to be the guy too <laughs> and i think that might actually be where the the name of the game, the video game, I Want to Be the Guy, came from. Um, the, like, famously difficult speedrunning game. Honestly, that would make sense. It would be either that or, I don't know when uh, I Want to Be the Guy came out, but it could also be a, Star, uh, a Spy Kids 3 reference, maybe. Mm, sure. Right, because isn't, isn't Elijah Wood the guy? Yeah, Elijah Wood is the guy, and he's instantly killed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the ultimate gamer, and then he's immediately like destroyed. Yep, it's funny. Th- God, I haven't thought about that in a long time. Apparently, the twenty XD six like web page, like a uh, page here, uh, says that it's meant to be mainly a satire of Mega Man and Metroid. Oh, like okay, so, is that maybe uh, talking about the the video game? I guess that they made of twenty XD six. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's apparently like the whole unit. It's it's claiming the whole universe is largely a parody of Mega Man and Metroid because uh, Metroid and Mega Man both start with in the year 20X. Oh, sure. Yeah, I I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I I feel. And then it has a list of other stylistic sources, which are all just like Dragon Ball Z, Ranma, One Half, Sailor Moon, Akira, you know, all that sort of Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! And Neon Genesis Evangelion, apparently. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I, I could see that. I would love to see. Um, I would love to see a uh, Evangelion like Homestar like spoof. <laughs> honestly, like that's something I genuinely like to watch. I just love seeing uh, like parody artwork of that scene from the movie End of Evangelion, uh, which is in like the last five minutes where they're looking out at like the destroyed wasteland. Um, with the, with the I, think, the I think somebody did that for the show Giants Confirmed uh, <laughs> a couple months back. They made a, they made a They Might Be Giants uh, parody of that for them. I have, I'm gonna have to look up and find that afterwards because that sounds pretty fantastic. Yeah, I can imagine like a Homestar one where instead of the Eva, it's King's Bub's Gonzola Supreme lying there in <laughs> shadow, and it's like a strong bad and the cheat looking out at it. Yeah, the deck. Get in the get in the Eva oh. strong bad, or the cheat will have to do it again. <laughs> uh, yeah, strong bad. Do you think strong bad is is Shinji in that scenario? I, I mean, I guess, like, I'm not sure if Strong Bad would be. I don't, I'm not uh, familiar enough with uh, Neon, Genev- uh, Neon Genesis to be able to, uh, like, to be able to make the direct yeah. comparison. I've watched the whole show, like, once, and it was, like, eight or nine years ago. So I'm not too, uh, I, I don't remember too much of it. Um, the uh, the 20XD6 version of Marzipan exists, but you only ever see her once, and it's on the, the homepage that's based on. Uh, 20xd6 uh, where she shows up um, when you hover over one of the buttons uh, she looks effectively exactly the same as Sailor Moon and she just says yatta and disappears again like I definitely uh, think that you're right on this one but they apparently say that she's supposed to be Chun-Li according to the uh, but she's definitely definitely Sailor Moon like I agree with you but this says she's supposed to be Chun-Li or at least that her animation is the same as Chun-Li's winning pose Okay, yeah, sure. Um, that's probably from like the, the commentary or something on the DVD, right? No, it's just an observation that this particular Wikipedian has created here. <laughs> There's no references. That's the nice thing about this wiki is you don't have to cite your sources. Time, like, there's just some garbage on these pages. Like They have a marzipan variation here called Marzipan Alien Cow. clicking it just links you to the email narrator and i still wow i've never seen this uh i've never seen this easter egg before (laughs) yeah that's the thing there's probably a number of the easter eggs that i never saw because i didn't try clicking everything all the time yeah i'm looking a lot of them a lot of them aren't even at the end of cartoons you have to click on things like in the middle of uh while something is playing yeah, like that's uh, that's actually one of the things that I saw on uh, on like I can't remember where it was, but I was watching some overview of uh, Homestar Runner and they described the show as technically the largest Flash games website on the Internet because everything was recorded in Flash and you could click on things, making the vast majority of it interactive. They were essentially Flash games. I guess you could say that because the animations were playing in the in the same manner that you would play a flat like a flash video game would play through. Yeah, which I mean, it's a bit of a stretch, but it's still like I understand. Yeah, I think uh, I think once uh, once congregate started, that kind of stopped being true. Oh, absolutely! Like congregate, like or even like armor games and stuff like that, or one of the numerous yeah. uh, flash game websites that give your computer just absolutely thousands of viruses. If you, use <laughs> yeah, I remember ruining quite a few uh, school laptops that way back in grade school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are, people are still on congregate uh, even into the time that I was in college uh, between 2007 and 2011. Um, yeah. Like people were down in the study hall of the, uh, the computer science building where I spent probably at least half my time on campus playing those games. I remember, uh, yeah, I remember playing like a lot of, uh, do you remember, and this is kind of a tangent and you know, you can, you can cut it out if it's not applicable, but this has reminded me of something. Do you remember, because I know the Simpsons is a parody of it in the wake of nine 11 and the war of, uh, and the war in Iraq, that there were quite a few flash games created that were just like, games where you just caused osama bin laden physical injury yes yes and massive and yeah like you said the simpsons made fun of that with the whole bin laden in a blender thing yeah because i remember there being like obviously i wasn't like 
really cognizant in 2001 or 2002 when that stuff was really big. But I remember still seeing those floating around later on on those websites where they were just like games where you hurt Osama bin Laden and that was the entire purpose of the video game. Yeah. And it's it's kind of the uh the same the the same kind of uh like vitriol that uh like Saddam got back in the uh the the early 90s in the Gulf War. Um I'm sure if uh I'm sure if flash games existed back then there would have been a lot of a lot of Saddam games, though I'm sure that there were a lot of them during the uh, Iraq War as well. Oh, absolutely, like that was that was the kind of the weird thing about flash games is for that like brief window, and not just with stuff like that, but that brief window of time when flash games were big. You had this like uh, huge wave of like just some of the weirdest stuff and some of the most like like sp- like because because you could have like literally any amateur like in a couple of like couple of weeks be able to learn how to make a halfway decent game for what the standard was at the time like i remember playing a yeah, flash game sure. in grade school uh i don't know if you played this one called uh don't shit your pants <laughs> no i didn't where it was like it was a text adventure that you could win in three messages where you if you type in <laughs> take off pant was it uh, open door enter bathroom take off pants shit you would win the game but even if you just did take off pants shit you would still win because it would say well i guess you technically didn't shit your pants congratulations (laughs) and like you just have a pile on the floor instead yeah but the way it was set up it made it look like you had to come up with some really complicated way of doing it like it you know obviously you'd assume perhaps the door is locked and that's you know you have to find the key to get in or something like that but no you win the game in three commands and you immediately can leave and I, and honestly, like stuff like yeah. that, or even like like just I guess to tie it back, stuff like that, or anim or the uh, animutations, or even this, is why I'm kind of sad to see, or like, or in Homestar Runner is why I'm kind of sad to see Flash go. Is it really was this yeah. big democratizing thing at the time where absolutely everyone, even if they really shouldn't, were able to create like uh, internet content? And I think it was the yeah. first big wave of really showing what communities could do online. And there's tools right now where you can download the actual flash files and play them uh uh offline but uh yeah after after they stop uh making new versions of flash player it's going to be harder and harder to run that until uh somebody until somebody like either makes it open source or does something else with it um like uh old uh old games for dos for example um because dos has been open source for a while uh, you can now play those again on modern PCs through emulation um, because you can download a program called DOSBox, which actually runs, uh, which actually runs DOS inside of it, and you can you can play these old games like the old old uh, Epic games before <laughs> Epic became this giant uh, Fortnite company. Um, they they had some some pretty decent uh, like platformers and side scrollers and space shooting games and stuff back in the early 90s i actually did not know that the one of the things that i wanted to point out about like 2026 is uh going back to the like now because we were talking mostly about uh the uh, 20xt6 versus 1936 going back to the uh the first that thing that spawned it, the uh japanese cartoon and thing is one of the the things i like about 20xt6 is it really works as a sort of like background gag, I guess, to have like uh, in uh, trading cards and web comics, they use uh, like those two SS females. They use 20XD6's whole anime theme to uh, to use like it, it works really well, less as like its own universe, like the, where you can make standalone tunes in it, like uh, 1936 does or the uh, old timey tunes. But you can u- they really utilize it well as sort of like a background lore element a lot in the way they use uh cheat commandos or power powered by the cheat rather not cheat commandos so much to do sort sure of- like whenever they would uh whenever they would reference like a specific anime they just you know make that into another 20 xd6 thing yeah exactly exactly like they'll have that or they'll have you know every time they want to talk about like sort of weird like the, the weirder internet stuff that would have been around at the time they just have the cheat make it in uh powered by the cheat which yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, which, as a side note, that's where uh, they had. That's where the uh, alien cow marzipan comes from. Is yeah. in narrator Homestar says that maybe she looks like some sort of big alien cow, 
and then later you <laughs> see a, a edit of uh, marzipan to, drawn by the cheat to look like a big al- alien cow going well hello mr martian i like your styles and then the martian sound effect plays <laughs> so yeah i'm surprised that, that yeah. gets its entire that gets an entire page on uh, the homestar wiki but was the Martian different from Nebulon? Sorry, yeah, Nebulon, not the Martian. I got him confused with the Goblin. Oh yeah, yeah, Nebulon, <laughs> the one, the one who always does the little dance with the keyboard, uh, with the keyboard accompaniment. Yes, and he does his, uh, he does his little dance. Oh, we have to talk. We have to talk sometime about the uh, what do you call it? We need to like a Halloween special in October or something, just so we can talk about the Goblin for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's really about it. Honestly, there's not a whole lot to 20XD6 besides its position as kind of a pretty prominent background element in a lot of episodes. Like, yeah. there's not that many actual full-on 20XD6 episodes. There's uh, there's Under Construction, which I think played back when the website was being revamped. Uh, they played it um, as an April Fool's gag, I think. They uh, they had the little logo up with the, the stick guy uh, digging a hole like you would see on uh, on car- on uh, websites at the time when they were down or being updated or something. Um, and I think it was to parody, uh, maybe sort of to parody like the art versus artist type uh, cartoons where there'd be the stick man doing all sorts of crazy battles and stuff. Oh yeah, like uh, the the like the, even that old uh, Mary Melodies cartoon where they'd have. Bugs Bunny fighting some like giant pencil that would be drawing his sketch and it would turn out to be like Daffy Duck or something. Yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, this I've also enjoyed the, uh, Hey, uh, Hey stickly man, what are you doing? <laughs> is, is a, a sort of a home star seller door for me where I've had that lodged in my brain basically since I saw it. <laughs> I'm sure there was a time when I looked at every stick man and thought that to myself as well. Hey stickly man. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to, uh, probably the, the last, uh, the last universe that actually has some actual cartoons set in it, uh, which is the, the storybook universe, um, which is based on the original, uh, kids book that was written by Mike and Matt Chapman and Craig Zobel, um, that you could, uh, read in the, I think it was called the museum or like the old stuff section. It was like a file cabinet that was full of uh, retired bits from the site. And it was about Homestar entering the strongest man in the world contest, which they later turned into a, a modern tune. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Uh, oh, yeah, where they have uh, Strong Bad narrating it. Yeah, yeah. And it was uh, also used. The, the universe was used, I think, maybe for the first time outside of that original book in email 100, which was the the widescreen flashback email um, to celebrate there being a hundred emails. And it would, uh, it, it was strong, bad telling uh, the story of how he met home, Homestar runner or, or the Homestar runner. Um, and uh, it was Homestar uh, effectively is a little, a little shorter than his current incarnation. And uh, he wears a duck shirt uh, like a, a yellow shirt with a duck on it, um, <clears throat> and uh, he and he and Strongbad come across a big old egg and decide <laughs> that they need to have uh, a athletic contest to determine the rightful owner of said egg. Um, <laughs> like uh, like all of the early cartoons were, it was uh, some sort of contest between Homestar and Strongbad. Uh, because Strong Bad is the guy who wins all the contests. Uh, I, I can't remember which one it is, but there's an old uh, there's, there's an older tune where you hear uh, Strong Bad walking around, going, "Here's the guy who wins all the competition. We'll accept that one time. <laughs> I didn't win the competition." I think that might have been a jumping jack contest. Oh, that would make sense, honestly. That's the one they took down, right? Jumping jack contest. Yeah, Marshmallow's last stand and a jumping jack contest both got taken down. I wonder. I wonder if Jumping Jack contest stayed down because there's a scene in it uh, where the Poop Smith carries off like a five gallon jar of Hope Star's piss. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
Um, it's but back to email 100. Uh, they they decide that it's going to be a uh, a ten step foot race that's moderated by the slim and trim young prince of town, <laughs> um, and he says whoever goes the most distance in ten steps will be the winner. Um, so Homestar uh, wins, uh, of course. Uh, but then it turns out that the uh, the loser is the one who gets the egg. So Strong Bad is awarded the egg. Uh, he cracks it open and outpours a lifetime supply of fish sticks and at the cheat. So that's the cheat's origin story: is that he came out of a fish stick filled egg, and uh, then the uh, an Easter egg at the end of the email shows uh, why the Prince of Town turned into who we now know and love as the King of Town which was by eating the entire lifetime supply of fish sticks from that, from that egg. <laughs> is that, uh, is that the same one where at the end, uh, strong, he, he's asking strong bad for a story and he sings the, uh, and he tells him the night, uh, the night strong, sad, wet the bed or no, or, uh, or, sorry, uh, strong, or, yon, or what, or watch young, strong, sad, wet yonder bed or something like that. <laughs> I think this one ends with, uh, let's tell you another story. Uh, this one's called the Homestar Runner gets something stuck in his craw. Oh yeah, I remember that. And then they actually made the <laughs> tune, "The Homestar Runner gets something stuck in his craw," and it's his his t shirt. <laughs> yeah, and that's the one that ends with uh, um, with that ends with uh, the strong, sad, wet yonder bed. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, so this this universe, um, they I think they only just made a couple of tunes out of it. I'm trying to remember uh, what some of the other ones were storybook universe storybook world uh yeah so they also made one out of uh where my hat is at um which was uh the second homestar runner children's book um that was made before the website launched uh and then they made the cartoon out of it but i think the cartoon was actually in the new style yeah, the wear in my hat is that. Yeah, it's kind of a. Uh, well, they yeah. Apparently they made a. Yeah, apparently they made a a old an old timey looking one, and then they did the one where Homestar sort of sarcastically comments on his own uh, his own hat being missing, and he does like the whole uh, where my hat is at. Uh, yeah, he goes everyone. Uh, he goes everyone loves the Homestar Runner. He is a terrific athlete. If there's two things I know about the Homestar Runner, it's that everyone loves the him and that he's a terrific athlete. <laughs> everyone loves the me. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think the Strongest Man in the World contest uh, original book had a couple of characters who we'd never see again until uh, until the remake uh, cartoon, which came out in 2006, several years later, uh, which were. Um, Senor having a little trouble, uh, Mr. Bland, uh, the Grape Fairy, and the Fat Bee. I, I love the Grape Fairy. It's one of my favorite characters that they have in those episodes there. Yeah. I, I, it's just a, a great man with a long neck uh, who, I guess, wears a crown. Um, in the, the reboot, he has like a five o'clock shadow. And an incredibly thick, like, uh, like smoke-addled voice. Yeah, like a Brooklyn accent. Listen here, you guys. Here's how this competition's gonna work. Gonna start you eat out, eat out, each out with ten grapes, and then every every couple minutes, I'm gonna add one more grape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking through here. The uh, where my hat is at email, or not email the episode. And he's he's uh he's like, uh, hi, Homestar. Where's your hat? I'm oh, sorry, I couldn't understand what you just said. I said, where's your hat? Yeah, you're not even speaking English at this point. I mean, where your hat is at, Homestar? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I had for the storybook universe. Yeah, there's not really a whole lot to it. It's mostly, again, though, it does serve kind of a, uh, the same sort of purpose that the uh, 20XD6 is, which is every time they need to do a flashback, they just have it set yeah. like, uh, in the... It flashes back to the point at which Strong Bad had the really like heavy Mexican accent. We're going to win the competition. Yeah. I remember him once describing it as having a lot more wrestling mask in his accent. Yeah. <laughs> there. Uh, and there was the, the really, uh, 
the the early strong bad email where he's asked to like rate his favorite strong bad emails so far and one of them goes back to like the marshmallows last stand kind of crappy flash animation where uh it's like a fake one that they made up for just this case where someone asks him what his favorite phrase is and he just says, I like what to say, holy crap. <laughs> and then Homestar shows up from the side of the screen saying, Oh no, it's a strong bed. <laughs> oh, there's also, we also there's a Homestar runner goes for the gold in that takes place in the storybook universe, at least in part. Oh yeah. Where they find the old book that uh, Mike and Craig wrote, which I think is kind of funny that they bleep out uh, Mike and Craig when they're saying his name or saying their names. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're allowed to exist in the universe. <laughs> in Homestar Runner and the Bathyscape, a lurid tale of underwater intrigue and underwater pants. <laughs> <laughs> underwater pants are good to have sometimes. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, underwater... Um, I said uh, underwater pants all the time. Get some. <laughs> Get some what? Uh, light globes. Yeah, they... Sh- they uh, um. They also have the these various subtitles. Homestar Runner goes for the gold, aka old glue turns gross and brown when you let it sit for twenty years. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, I I'm sure that uh, even though he got rid of a lot of them, my dad still probably has a lot of my old school projects from grade school. I should uh, go back and check to see if the old glue has turned gross and brown by now. Definitely the uh, the the old macaroni has by now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just scrolling through the uh, through the script, and also like that, you know, home, uh, Homestar gets the uh, the bathyscaphe thing to swim around in, and uh, Strongbad gets a fish crammed through his head. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's it for the yeah, like you said, for the storybook universe. There's really not a, a lot of other big sort of uh, you know big uh, universes after this point. But there is uh, there's the free Petri dish USA, which we talked about briefly before the show, which is where they're just like there's there's only Homestar, Mesium, Bubs, Mesium, and Strong Badio Phage. Yeah, that's from uh, the high school the high school email, which also has uh, uh, middle school uh, versions, which are actually just babies, and uh, the high school AU where they're all like in a Scooby-Doo, where are you type band together. I think that we should play in a band just to be safe. Yeah. Yeah, there's that one. Having fun with my friends. They, yeah, there's uh, Sweet Cup and Cakes is another sort of, I guess, like a mini, mini universe. But there's really only two people who are actually like Homestar characters and then the rest of them are all like just random people like cuz the wheelchair has Bubs's voice but he doesn't really act like Bubs and Casio yeah. heads he's always after a Steve a Steve uh and he uh, he always shows what is it Rudy toot toot and a tootie hoo <laughs> and there's Casio headstrong bad who's uh plays the theme when he gets upset or plays the demo sorry when he gets angry yeah um and I used to know exactly what kind of uh, keyboard that was, but I don't remember the exact name of it. It was a Casio keyboard that also had a built-in calculator. So it was obviously uh, meant to be a toy, um, but it got used in a couple of uh, popular songs back in the 80s, like uh, the song Da 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 uh, by the German band Trio. Oh, I've never heard that song. I'm going to have to look that up. I wonder if it ever got used in any uh, Cassia tone for the Painfully Alone songs back when that project was still active. (laughs) Yeah, probably. There's uh, also, I think then the last one really would be uh, Xerix Lee Forks. Yeah. (laughs) The the 90s reboot uh, of uh, Homestar Runner, um, which I think is loosely uh, based on, like, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but there was effectively the same thing for the looney tunes oh yeah i, I remember watching that I've, i think i've seen every episode of that yeah i just don't remember that i don't remember I don't, the name of it either they had like the yellow bugs bunny and all that stuff and here they're all yeah. like had superpowers yeah um god i need to look this up now looney tunes reboot sci-fi lunatics unleashed lunatics unleashed yeah, I, I think I've watched most, if not all, of the of this uh, of these broadcasts because, like, 
there wasn't a lot on on Canadian cartoon programming in the afternoon. Yeah, God, the, <laughs> the like action shots of them being like all silhouettes with the glowing like angry white eyes is just so good. I just need now like an edit where they have like the, the white like lens flare eyes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is like everyone is pointy now. Um, they have shortened names. So we have H star S bad, uh, the chate, the chate, <laughs> C H eight T, uh, S mad bubs with a Z. Um, <laughs> Hamsar is still the same <laughs> coach. I, I, my favorite is that the King of town becomes zing town. I believe is how you'd have to pronounce that. Yeah. With an X yeah, zing town and coach Z is Zoch C <laughs> the Smith. Oh, that's yeah, the Pooh Smith is now just the Smith. Which, uh, out of all, like the their sort of remastered art styles that they get, which one do you think looks the best? Uh, maybe. Well, let me look at all of. Let me look at the whole list here. Strong Bad variations. So we've got Old Timey Strong Bad, Stinko Man, Casio Head Strong Bad from Sweet Cup and Cakes, Tiny Handed Strong Bad, uh, who I think is the storybook uh, edition. Uh, of Strong Bad, uh, Atari Strong Bad, who is in the uh, Atari themed uh, homepage. Uh, we've got Dangeresque Vector Strong Bad, who's in the video games email. Uh, ooh, yeah, the made up Strong Bad animals like uh, the Hudge and Starens. Um. <laughs> okay, that reminds me of uh, there's that one episode, there's the, the one female we didn't talk about was the. Uh was the one uh, alternate universes where he goes through a blender to alternate universes and at one point records a number one jam, uh, save the last email for Strong Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. <laughs> save the last email for me. Yeah, the Hudge's like, high note that he hits. Yeah. We, we didn't really talk about Strong Bad Man, but it's effectively just like the, the DC Comics version of Strong Bad who has the, the sidekick Lil Steiny. <laughs> Who has never actually seen Steiny? Get me a Danish. Yeah, and he uh, keep flushing those toilets. Those idiots down at the public works. Whoa, no, what hit them? <laughs> also, that he's like, now let's check out what's going down on this panel. Ah, you found my next dastardly scheme. Now I have expanded basic cable stolen from my neighbor. I, I think the uh, the most consistent alternate visual style they came up with was the old timey one. Um, cause I think they were able to really work that into all the different characters more. Um, they, they tried to do it for 20 XT six, I think, but like all that they could do for like coach Z, for example, was use him as, uh, an alternate, uh, sprite in the games menu. Yeah, that's true. They never really expanded anything else else out in quite the way that they did with the, uh, with the old timey tunes. Like I'm partial to the designs from Xeriously Force because <laughs> I don't think that that. Yeah, we, we've still got we've still got time for that. I think they can, they can make uh, a couple things in that universe. I, I would like to see uh, angry, like actual elephant face, strong, sad take on some take on some bad guys. I like yeah, I'd like to see that. I just like to see like what else they could do with. Uh, like what else would they could do with that? And I also want to see what exactly it means when Mark Z or whatever, however you would pronounce the Marshy, uh, uh, Marshy uh, version. I'd like to see how they would yeah. uh, incorporate what speed increased means from the uh, 20XD6 uh, title page. <laughs> if it's Marshy, that can't mean anything good. No, that's absolutely true. <laughs> um. There, there was uh, a couple of things I wanted to do after we uh, got through all of the, all of the uh, alternate universes and alternate versions here. All right, what, uh, what sort of things you got in mind? Uh, well, I, I know that uh, e- even in the last couple of days, uh, Italians have been in the news again. <laughs> That's a foreboding sentence. Um, and I know that uh, that. Popular Twitter accounts are often uh, Italian versions of of popular uh, figures uh, from the news. Um, we did we did have uh, Italian Elon Musk for a while. 
we had Italian John Wickenlooper. I'd like to uh, meet the person who was responsible for that. <laughs> um, but I was thinking that uh, it'd be funny if uh, we like either like made a new account or changed the stick account temporarily to like Italian King of Town, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and tweeted things like. I play the typing tutor. I eat the vintage 1983 Capicolo. Oh. <laughs> I would actually like to do that a lot. Uh, I'm actually. Why don't the poop smith become lasagna smith for it to feed his family? <laughs> I, I'm currently actually locked out of the stick account because I had to uninstall Twitter because it was acting up. But that's like. Either honestly, either creating a new account for that, or like uh, <laughs> making like making it the, the stick accounts bit would be pretty great. Like just having an Italian yeah. king of town of sounds like exactly the kind of weird shit that I'd be into doing on Twitter. Is Italian king of town just Mario? <laughs> I mean, he does dress up as Mario for one of the uh, Halloween apps. It's true, and there is that uh, unplayable uh, Super Kingio Brothers oh, yeah. thing at the end of one of them. I think at the end of that, as an Easter egg. That's one of my favorite like uh, g- like gags that they've done is that even in the FAQ section of the website, it just tells you to look for the instruction manual, which doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> like if you keep, I, I've been uh, rewatching a little bit of uh, of Gil and Gilbert lately, and I do like that uh, they had that thing uh, called. This is a segment called. This is a segment called. I, I I never really watched a lot of Gil and uh, Gil and Gilbert. Is that just uh, like that's just when they have somebody else, uh, somebody else just make up a segment for them? Yeah, basically they they would uh, the the first couple episodes where other people at Polygon would uh, put segment names on pieces of paper that they would pull out of a uh, 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 some sort of cracker box. I think it, it became a running joke about what uh, what brand of crackers they were using. Um, but uh, it, then they started coming from fans, um, and uh, like I, I wanted to do a segment called uh, "Drill Tweets Translated into Homestar Runner Character." Oh yeah, you mentioned that earlier. Like I don't know if you have any particular like examples that you think work out, but that sounds like a pretty entertaining thing to hear. Yeah, see if you can figure out this one. Uh, I'm a fancy flag man. I'm being kept from my one true love. Oh, that's the uh, that's the another day working at the Betsy Ross Museum one, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that works pretty well. I wish I could do like any of the character voices well because I would love to try to do stuff with that. Bubs, don't let me yell at his stand. I face Bubs and walk backwards. And <laughs> as if they did, the the zoo tells me to stop yelling at. I don't remember what animal it is. I will turn around and walk backwards into hell. Yeah. Uh, and this one, this one, you don't actually have to guess because it's the same exact uh, one as the original, just with one line changed. And that's food, two hundred dollars. Data, one hundred and fifty dollars. Rent, eight hundred dollars. The Cure albums and posters, three thousand six hundred dollars. Utility, one hundred fifty. Someone who's good at the economy, please help me budget this. My family is dying. Stop buying the Cure albums and posters. No. (laughs) That's a really good, strong, sad impression. Thanks. No problem. (laughs) If I stop buying the Cure albums, they'll lock me in the dryer again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's not so bad. Nothing Nothing that the onset of hypothermia won't solve. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm trying to delord it. <laughs> that would be Coach Z's. <laughs> that's, that's strike two, Coach Z. Yes, yes, what fun. As he, he shrinks and turns into a corn cob. <laughs> Do you, uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to do at the end here? No, that was about it. All right, you want to wrap up now? Yeah. Okay, thank you very much, folks, for listening to another episode of The Stick. I'd like to thank Hyper Chicken for the use of his song, Always Beezing and Doozing, for the theme song to this podcast. And I'd also like to thank uh, fellow Noise Space Scene and my podcabbage's host, Summer Geist, for giving us the wonderful cover art for this uh, podcast as well. And uh, other than that, I've been uh, Eden, and I'd like to thank you all for listening. Uh, you can find me at TP underscore Albuquerque on Twitter. 
or you can also find me on uh, the uh, of the other uh, Noise Space podcast, Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, where we talk about politics and whatnot from a, a dumbass leftist perspective. And uh, other than that, that's uh, really all I can think of uh, for that one. Great. Uh, I'm David. Um, you can also hear me on uh, the show Tuning Fork, which is on Noise Space, which is a show where we talk about uh, Pitchfork Media and uh, albums that they either loved or hated. Um, and uh, I also was recently on an episode of Giants Confirmed, uh, and I was their, the first guest host that they ever had on that show uh, because they were talking about my favorite They Might Be Giants album, John Henry. So go listen to that. Uh, it's also on Noise Space, hosted by uh, friends of the show Trevor and Matt. Um, you can find me on Twitter at, at Dave's with three V's. And uh, I think that's it for me. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. And we should uh, hopefully be back relatively soon with another episode of The Stick. And until then, no Prabalo. No Prabalo. <laughs> <laughs>